Back here at Landmine Radio, I am very excited to be joined by Representative-elect Josh Rivak. Hello, Jeff. Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello. How are you? Uh, good. I'm great. I've been waiting to do this podcast for a long time. All right. Me um, too. You you uh, recently elected in District 25 here, and we're at your house, so we're in your we're in your district. Thanks for the invite. Right. Yeah. No problem. I, I don't really like to call it my district. It belongs to the people who. Um, who elected me to go and and represent them um and uh you you're you're real well aware of that as you did a lot of door knocking here yeah so what i want to talk about a little bit is kind of how we met in the past and then about how you decided to run for office kind of last minute and then how the the pack came up and how we were you know not able to talk or coordinate but we were both working you know really hard um to get you elected so a little bit about you first. You, I think a lot of folks know this about you. You, uh, I got this little Boston Terrier here. Very cute. Yeah. He's, uh, he's around my yeah. feet. There he goes. War- warden. He is the warden. Did you guys get him through like a, like online or something? Yeah, or? he was a rehome. Yeah. So, so uh, the lady who had him had a couple other dogs and he wasn't behaving quite right. And so we had to, it was kind of strange. Your we wife, had to go through a. Your wife told me you guys had like an interview. Yeah. They, she came and she spent 15 minutes supervised, of course, with the dog here. It's like and a it kid was, and it was, like a divorce. Yeah, it was kind of social strange. work. It was good though. It worked out great. He's been a great dog. Um, so I think a lot of folks who follow politics know you were um, in the military, veteran. You worked for Congressman Young and Senator Sullivan on veterans issues, but you were um, hurt pretty bad, right? In Iraq. Yeah, what a lot of people don't know is that uh, prior to that, I spent two years in Iraq, and and prior to me being wounded in uh, 2006, uh, kind of one of the one of the things that I did that was different was uh, music. I used music to uh, entertain troops when we were overseas. I was in an all male combat unit, and uh, we didn't have much to do when we first got there in 2003. And I had a guitar, and a friend had a guitar, and so we'd play. Um, it ended up that, uh, one of our friends was killed around Thanksgiving of 2003 and we had written a song just cause we, you know, to, to sort of grieve and, uh, and leadership heard the song and had us play it at the Memorial. General Dempsey was there. He was our commander at the time, our division commander. And he, he went to every single Memorial we had and, and our whole unit was there. And that was really difficult after that, but it worked. You know, guys were crying, which hadn't typically happened before, and the music really helped. And it sort of was a preemptive, um, you know, a preemptive act towards um, PTSD, allowing folks to grieve uh, in a in a positive way before they had to go back out of the gate. So, so after that, we were voluntold to pretty much play every single memorial service uh, to come, an original song, not knowing who it would be for. And so that's kind of what I was there, known, known some, for. There's some videos, I mean, on YouTube from back a long time ago. You were on Huckabee, I think, right? The Huckabee Show and yeah. some other um, veterans, uh, I guess, pod, it was not a podcast, but it was like a veterans uh, Purple Heart thing where they interviewed you and yeah. profiled you and talked about the music and all the a lot, yeah. Every, everything from um, um, the uh, the UK. Uh, what what is the the um, big outlet in the UK? Um, the Observer, BBC, probably. No, the Observer is it? 
Uh, Guardian, maybe? The Guardian. Yeah. So the Guardian came to, to interview me and did a video, a nice video. And we played with Colonel Oliver North in Texas. Ooh, and Ollie North. Ollie North. Yeah. And we, uh, we did a lot of fun stuff. Played at the Grand Ole, uh, recorded at the Grand Old Opry uh, with a bunch of their and house band you, and Huckabee were, twice. And You were pretty young. I mean, you joined... After 9-11, right? You joined mm-hmm. up when you were pretty 18 or 19? So I was 21, actually. I, I, uh, I was leaving for basic training on my 21st birthday um, from Minneapolis-St. Paul. So 9-11 happened, and I um, went on the first thing smoking to basic training to be in a battle tank. I actually asked when I got there, I said, what's the safest thing I can do in the front lines of combat? And they said... Woo! <laughs> Make you a, a tanker. tanker. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw, loved I, it. There's one picture on your Facebook where you're uh, with your bunch of tanker guys, and you have the the, the classic tanker hat, or yeah, the CVC, know, right, yeah. right. And mm-hmm. it's it's like everybody, you know, tank tankers, even Russia, so they all wear that same kind of hat. Yeah, I was actually in a, a video for a documentary called Soundtrack to War, and uh, we were showing how we can. We can put music into the comm system in the tank so we can listen to music while we're rolling around. And everybody thought that was pretty fascinating. So we'd be, we wow. could actually have the inner, the, our, our, uh, you know, comm system inside of the tank could play music for everybody. So it was. You guys like fighting about who was going to like, what song you were going to play or what? what I, the what tank band? commander usually got to choose. <laughs> so, but, uh, usually it was always good. A lot of, at the time it was Lincoln park and, some of the you know uh drowning pool what's the, what's I think the, was the, uh, big the one. bodies at the yeah that was drowning pool <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a big one at the time so t- tell me about um your injury when when you got hurt yeah so we were in ramadi iraq and uh, i was reaching for the driver's handle of uh the humvee door and my roommate was getting up on top of the humvee because a mortar round had just fallen uh, maybe a hundred yards away and and uh we were getting back into the gun truck and uh, I remember reaching for the door handle and a mortar round fell right on the other side of the vehicle and so the vehicle shielded most of the blast and saved my life. I got hit in both ankles and feet kind of lower lower legs um from shrapnel from underneath of the vehicle uh, but my roommate Terry Lisk was on top of the vehicle, and he took shrapnel pretty much right through the heart. Yeah, so it was it was a really tough time. Uh, he was just kill, killed right away, or well, no, he we we got taken into the aid station. Uh, so what happened is he fell off the vehicle. There was a big. Uh, it was all dusty, and you know you couldn't really see. And my head was ringing. From, it was probably concussion. Were you knocked out, or were you still? Um, yeah, I wasn't conscious? knocked out. My bell was rung pretty good, but I I I grabbed the handle, I opened the door, and I took a step, and I heard a big crunch. And right away, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, something's wrong. Is your leg? Uh, my foot, yeah. And so I was I was already held on to the vehicle, so I jumped in. Um, and then I saw, you know, I saw Terry fall off the vehicle on the driver's side. And so right away, uh, I thought maybe there was a mass casualty. And so I thought I'd have to bandage myself and start helping other people. So I was really fast trying to... One of the one of the things I never did that I'm glad I didn't do was uh, I never looked at my wound, so I never really went into shock. I don't think you had like boots boots on, right? You probably couldn't really see it. Yeah, I had boots on, but I took the boot off and and applied my own pressure dressing because I knew that he was bad. I could tell he was hit really bad. So before I jumped out of the door, 
um, I wanted to make sure, you know, and as I was taking my boot off so that I could get a pressure dressing on, uh, I saw our Lieutenant Colonel, our battalion commander come diving through the dust and like render aid to my friend Terry. And, uh, that was really cool that I knew that there were folks around that could render aid. And it was, it was crazy because my whole chain of command was right there. My company commander, my battalion commander, the brigade commander was a full bird colonel and he was with the New York times reporter. So like pictures of my bloody boot and stuff. They were like behind, like behind you guys or they were in a vehicle right next to us, but they were inside. They had just all gotten inside of the vehicle, which probably saved all their lives. And, uh, and, and right after the explosions happened, the New York times reporter jumped out and started taking photos. So uh, a few weeks later, I saw photos of the scene and my boot and stuff in the New York Times, and he did an audio, um, you know, dialogue to to go along with it or a narrative with a few photos of the scene and stuff. And and they had a picture of me. I was on a lot of uh, once. So what happened was once they rendered aid to Terry. Once I saw him, they they took him out on a medivac and got him out of there. And I knew he was pretty bad. And then after I saw that happen. I had bandaged myself up on my bad leg and both legs were hit. And I, I used my boot lace on my left leg to, to do a pressure dressing to slow the bleeding. And when I looked down, it was just like a puddle of blood in, in, on the Humvee floor. And so I opened the door and, and asked for a medivac. And um, it was it was kind of funny because the guy, the 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 truck commander who was sitting next to me had just gotten the vehicle and he was breathing really heavy. And I looked over and I said, Hey, uh, I don't want you to freak out, but I'm going to need a medivac. And he was like, what? And, uh, and I lift up my leg. Was he hurt or was he just no, no, he nervous was just, about the he whole... was just pretty, pretty shaken. And, um, I was pretty calm. You know, it was, it was kind of crazy. You never know how you'll react until you're there, but I was pretty calm and, I'll never forget. He looked and his eyes were all big and he opened the door and just took off running. <laughs> I was like, where are you going? We have, hey, a, hey, hey. We have a radio. Come back. Go, where, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And so anyways, he was going to get help mm-hmm. and uh, he was he was pretty shaken. So, I mean, it was pretty chaotic in battle. So, so. You, you were pretty badly hurt. You were, you were um, taken, was it Germany? Is that... Yeah, well, well, from there I was taken. Uh, you know, they took me over to a track and and um, and took me into the aid station. And Terry and I were in there, and I was in there when Terry was killed. We were both in the local surgery center uh, with the surgeons, and there were some Polish surgeons. We were there with the Polish and the Thai army, and so the Polish folks had some doctors and surgeons and stuff. And and uh, yeah, it was it, that's right when morphine started to kick in. It was just a horrible, horrible. Can you experience. say at some point? Maybe it was after, but I remember hearing somebody, you told somebody you thought you were going to lose your leg. Yeah. So from there I was, uh, medivaced in and out of consciousness. They had me pretty drugged up. Uh, I ended up in Launchville, Germany and woke up, um, remember bits and pieces of it, but there was a doctor named Dr. Dromsky who was a, a, uh, he was a surgeon and, um, he was an ortho surgeon and he, and he told me, Hey, when you wake up, you probably won't have your leg, but I can try and save it. You know, and he I was American or German. He was American and it was in the, uh, launch dual, um, military hospital. And, uh, yeah, he ended up saving my leg, but it took a long time because I, I lost so much bone and so much tissue that they actually had to wait for uh, a long time before they could do a bone graph and a, and a, and a, um, fusion, because I lost so much tissue, they had to wait for it to grow back. So it was like 
11 months in a wheelchair and crutches and and you still wear that uh brace on your leg right yeah now i got a brace that allows me to run so which is fantastic i I got it at the center for the intrepid in san antonio texas which is an amazing but you know it's a public private partnership so the so the uh, fisher foundation folks uh went out and solicited donations like over a hundred thousand private donations and uh and funded a to build this cutting edge prosthetics lab and then the dod runs it uh, which um, is amazing. They invented this brace there, which changed my life. That's... So you get the you get the uh, surgery, you got the Purple Heart, um, and then you were I, you got out of the military after that, right? And then you started. At what point did you start working for Congressman Young? That was yeah. Pretty... So uh, you know, I got out of the sur- I got out of. It's funny, you know. I started watching CNN uh, while I was recovering in Germany. The only English speaking channel that I had was CNN. And uh, it was right during the Democrat primary started to kick off at the end of George Bush's second term. It was oh, in was 2000. Like John Edwards. Is... 2016. No, it was Hillary Clinton. Oh, Barack 16. Obama. Oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I was, I think or I'm sorry, 2008. Uh, or two, it was, I, I was wounded in 2006. So as I recovered. Okay, so that was Clinton, Obama. 2006 right. was Clinton, Obama in the primary. And um, I started watching a lot of, it's the only channel I had that spoke English. So I watched CNN for four months and and uh got out and 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 started helping the mccain campaign in uh minnesota time and um for a very short time just for the election after that i traveled around visiting families of friends that were killed in iraq and uh that led to a whole bunch of stuff playing music all over the place and trying to do what i could to to uh you know, inspire people. Mm-hmm. So I love to inspire folks. So fast forward, I uh, came up here. Shane Woods was a good friend of mine from he, we, he and I were on the same battle tank for a short time. We were in the same platoon. Uh, and Shane was killed, um, shortly after I was wounded in Iraq and he was from Palmer, Alaska. And so his, uh, his father and mother invited me up here to visit them and so I came up, and like a lot of other folks, I, I realized that this was home. Um, when I came out of the service, I didn't really know where home was uh, until I got here. You know, I knew that it was, wasn't. That was 08 or 09? Yeah, the time I, when I came up here was uh, late, late on, mid-09, August of 09, I think. So you worked for uh, Congressman Young for a while and Senator Sullivan on, on veterans stuff. Let's kind of fast forward. Basically, you worked on mostly veterans issues with those two guys, right? Yeah, primarily. But uh, you were with Young for like six years, and then Sullivan years. for a couple. I feel like I, I know you. We'll, we'll go into this part, but I know you so well because um, I have this, you know, website, the landmine, and I uh, wasn't clearly wasn't a fan of your primary opponent at all. And I wrote, yeah. I wrote an article back in May, like mid or late May, saying I was looking, I was hoping somebody would run against her in the primary, and um, you had read it and you messaged me and said I live in the district. Um, and I'd met you a couple times before that, two or three times, I guess. I met you at a couple of Republican events. I'm trying to think where else I met you. We've had a, cause I remember your wife's Polish. So I remember, I remember that mm-hmm. about you cause you, um, had a foreign wife and that's something that sticks out. But, uh, you, you would, uh, I was like really hoping there was a list of people that they were saying was going to file and like nobody was filing. And I said, man, she's, she's going to, she's going to slide by, you know, and you filed like last minute and I was really excited about it. Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So um, it, it's funny how perception is reality to a lot of people. You know, it, it's it's funny how, uh, you know, the the 
the whisper campaigns, I guess, how, how they happen and how folks create. Oh, there's so much of the politics, gossiping. Yeah, and, they create perception and make it reality. And, and the reality of it is, is it, it's really funny looking back because people thought this whole thing was orchestrated. You know, you were in coots with Jeff Landfield long ago and he talked you into running. Which and is totally Democrats, but, couldn't be further from the truth because I knew you not very well. I met you three or four, two or three times at events and we, we had chatted. Yeah. But when I wrote that article, um, I, I just was hoping somebody would, I didn't really care who, I mean, obviously you want a good candidate, but, um, I, I didn't even uh, realize you lived in the district. When right. I wrote that. that was one of the things, you know, Mel, Mel Gillis is a very dear friend of mine. And I, and I watched him go through this whole deal where he lost a, a lodge that he had been building up over a long period of 30, time 30 years yeah, horrible put, story put, put a lot of money into and had no help from his representation and so for a while he had been saying you know we need better representation and and uh and and so you know i'd been thinking about it that that i just it sound it you know it might sound cliche but a, a lot of people give their lives for for the, the our seats of representation i mean historically people have fought and died because they believe that um we want to maintain a free um society with a government that's controlled by the people we pay in blood for those seats of representation a lot of people don't look at it like that but aside from partisan politics or anything like that the decorum is really important. I mean, it should be service, right? And I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but um, I've I've really strived to serve. And I think that Congressman Young saw that, um, and I think that Senator Sullivan saw that in me that I that I worked hard for the people because that's what they deserve in their public servants. Huh. And both Congressman Young and Senator Sullivan is sort of their. Their, uh, their motto. So anyways, uh, you know, that kind of caused me to think I, I can do better. Um, and then when I saw your post, I, I was like, well, I'll tell you what that post, uh, that, that post got traction, baby. I mean, I heard about within a day, I probably got 40 or 50 messages from pe- people that are pissed off, people that were happy, both, you know, but it got so much, um, it really kind of spurred some activity in district 25, you know, cause there was a list of people that were thinking of running or would have maybe run and none of them ultimately you only you did file and you had to quit your job to run too. It wasn't, you were giving up a lot. Your, your job with Senator Sullivan. I did. And I, you know, I loved my job with Senator Sullivan and I love Senator Sullivan. And, you know, I think at first he, he, he was wondering why I would, why I'd want to do that. And I think ultimately when we, and we talked and I said, look, I just, I want to serve, you know, and I, and, 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 uh, unfortunately it doesn't seem to be that common anymore where folks usually want something. And I, he really understood that when I said that, that I just really, I want to serve and I think I can do it and I want to give it a shot and I'm willing to take the risk. I think a lot of people who might want to don't do it probably because of people like me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they don't want to get written about. Well, well, you know, you're not that bad. You're not a bad guy, man. Well, it's just, it's a, it's a, when you run for office or you're a public figure, you know, you can't really control what people say about you. And right. I think a lot of people don't want to deal with it. They say, why do I, I don't want to go through that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was tough at times. Cause we had all everything from, I mean, to be, to be clear, some of the stuff that was true, but they say it in a way that makes you yeah. sound like Satan and everything. But a lot of the stuff wasn't true. That was, that was being said about me. So you filed in June 1st, right? Or right before June 1st. 
Uh, yeah, on on the on the deadline, you know, I didn't I didn't even know I hadn't decided until the deadline, and I went in and gave my uh, resignation, and then went down and filed. So it was it happened really fast. I I was having a lot of trouble because I was giving up a lot for work. Mm-hmm. You know, your your, your my salary, job, your my income? salary. Yeah, it was a big deal. So you filed to run against uh, Sharice Millet. She's you know a ten year incumbent, former majority leader and minority leader. So obviously she has a lot of people that know her and have supported her how, how many people told you what the fuck are you doing what are you doing man what, <laughs> yeah. what the hell is going on here you you, so, sh- you shouldn't keep your job don't do this yeah so people joke you know I, I i always joke where i got probably more condolence letters than i did congratulatory you know people are like what's wrong with you <laughs> uh and i and i got a lot of support a lot of folks said you know we really feel like you were built for this win or lose, you know, that this is what you should be doing is, is running. So I had a lot of that, but, but, you know, there were several folks that, that did, they were like, what are you doing? You know, you're going to lose, you have no chance, you know? And, and I love that kind of talk. Cause that, that, that's, that's a challenge. Nothing makes you, yeah, nothing, challenge. nothing makes you work harder when you're right. trying to you know prove people wrong. Yeah. When, you know, and I, so, so then, uh, you know, then, you know, Mel Gillis said, well, hey, I want to I want to I want to uh, contribute to this campaign and in a way where it's how do I do it in a way where it's more money than I can contribute. And I said, well, the only way to do that is an IE and I can't talk to you anymore. And, and so that was the last conversation I ever had. But I said, if you choose to do that, don't call me. You know, I, I'm not going to tell you yeah, what to coordinate. do, but I can't coordinate so, at all. So I, so I knew a guy, um, my, my buddy Rick Whitbeck. And he had got a hold of Mel somehow, and Rick uh, had called me and said, this guy lives in the district, wants to start this group, and they need somebody to... The way these things work is, and I, I learned a lot about these after I did this, you have to have a name, you have to have at least two people, um, a treasurer and a chair, and then you can have co-chairs. And then, it's you know, the Citizens United, it's unlimited money, anybody can contribute or businesses, which with regular candidates, it's only individuals and $500 maximum. No corporate money can be um, donated to candidates. So I meet this guy Mel, and this guy, you, I mean, folks, if you're not, if you haven't met Mel, if you're listening, he's a 75 year old, just quintessential Alaskan. He's always got a cigar in his mouth. He never had this, lit. Had this lodge, you know, fishing hunting lodge for a long time, and um, you know, he he really like, took a liking to me, and I said I want to do this. I I wrote this article. I mean, believe me, I'm going to work really hard, and he put uh, 30 grand into it. Wrote a check. We went to the bank. I swear to God, went to the bank, started the group, and I said. I asked the banker, I said, um, can we make it to where there's a two signature policy for checks? And they said, we don't, we don't do that. I mean, that's an internal policy for, for companies or whatever to have that, but we don't require two. And, um, I go, well, what do you think? Melly's like, well, if you screw me, then, you know, that's really, it's really bad. (laughs) Let's go for it. I'd met the guy like two times before that. And, um, we started and we got some more money from it, but the problem was we couldn't, you know, I was so happy to help you, but we couldn't, after that, we couldn't talk. We couldn't. So I, I was hitting the doors hard with Mel. He was doing, it. and you were didn't you say you'd run across people? You told me afterwards. Oh that- yeah. So no. So the real funny part about that is that I was probably you know everything was happening so fast, and uh, you know once I had sent Mel away, I said I can't talk to you if that's what you if that's what you're thinking about doing. You got to go out and do it. I can't even talk to you. It's no coordination. So you're gonna have to go out and do it on your own. So while that was going on, of course. 
um, folks assume that that uh, you know I had chosen you and well, yeah, all that, these other things that we and that we were friends and that, that we were coordinating. That's one thing I forgot. I mean, I had so many people. I mean, I had my own problems with a certain person who writes bullshit and started making things up about me and, and, and horrible things. And my, you know, I might involve my job and, and tried to get me fired. And, uh, but yeah, a lot of people were really pissed about it. I mean, people were like, this guy is going to go off the fucking rails. Yeah. <laughs> and they called Mel yeah. and they tried to get Mel to get me off. And Mel says, this guy pisses vinegar. He's my guy. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know any of that at the time, but you know, folks called me and they said, yeah, this isn't going to, this isn't looking good for you. And and I say, you know, I think it'll be all right. You know, I think, um, I think it'll work out. And, and, uh, I was probably just as terrified as, as, uh, a lot of other folks were. Oh, there was people I didn't, who I, thought I was going to go off the road. Like they said, what's scarier than this guy, you know, with like to do a group, you know, this guy with 30 grand. Oh yeah. And, and you know what? It, it was amazing because as time went on, I mean, I was pretty terrified at first and folks thought it was all, you know, a lot of folks thought it was, you know, the, the death of us. Unhinged. And <laughs> unhinged. Yeah. Loose, you know, <laughs> very loose. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it wasn't that way. And a lot of folks don't know that, that you, uh, and I didn't know this either, that you went to Mel and, and, uh, you did it all for free. Like I had no idea that you, you, uh, cause I, I had, I really was, I took it very seriously. Yeah, no, I didn't take ethics. any, except at the, at the end, we just closed the group a few weeks ago and then and there was 800 bucks left. And over that's what Mel that, said that he had, that he had closed it out and, and gave it to you. And that's fantastic. I, I mean, I think that dur- during, was, yeah, during the, during the course, a lot of people were saying, oh, you're just making all this fucking money. I said, I've not taken a dollar. Yeah, yeah. All no. the money's gone into the campaign, the mail, radio. You know, we did a big radio campaign. That, that radio. Which the radio ad was spectacular. You know, I heard Senator Sullivan played that for the 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 uh, the. Oh, I heard that for um, Secretary Ma- Mattis. Mattis. Yeah, yeah. He, he like I heard he that. So he, he loved uh, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, well. if, you have, if, you, if you haven't heard the radio guys, it's uh basically it's a very funny play on you know Cherie's taking all this government trips and, and traveling and you know, plane rides. And then it's to be fair, Josh Revax traveled too on government expense and welcome to Baghdad, Iraq. <laughs> a bunch of running around and some gunfire. Got, that, that, that actually, that ad caught a lot of, that was got big traction. Yeah. I heard about it. that ad from so many people had heard it um, or passed it around. Uh, well, so did I, everybody thought that I had made it, you know, and of course it haven't, that's the thing about IEs is so is there's another thing. It was really funny. You know, I'd go to doors and we couldn't coordinate and you guys were out door knocking like crazy. And when oh, yeah, every, almost every day after work, when yeah. folks heard that, they were like, Oh, you're really screwed. Like this is, you're really screwed. You got Jeff Landfield getting out knocking on the, <laughs> it's getting bad. And, and uh, I would go knock on doors and they'd say, oh, your volunteers have already been through here. And I'd say, really, who, what, what did they look like? And they said, oh, the, the nicest young man, Jeffrey, came to <laughs> our door. And I would say, Jeffrey, oh yeah, he was just so great. And he, you know, and, or they would say, yeah, no, just the sweetest, sweetest older gentleman and the accent and a cigar, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, people just seem to love you guys. And I, so, so I had the kind of opposite. I'd knock on doors and we'd have lists. We'd, we'd hit, Mel and I would each, I'd give him a precinct. I'd take a precinct and I'd um, have the same thing. It's either, oh yeah, Josh, your, you know, your boss came by or Josh came. And I'd have to, and that's the one thing I learned about these groups is people don't really differentiate between the group and the candidate. 
it's, it's really hard to, there's paid for by disclosure and all that, but uh-huh. on the material, but it's really hard to people see something for somebody's name and they tend to assume it's from the campaign. Well, that's why I was so terrified, Jeff, initially. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably had some concern, reason to be concerned, but no, I, I, um, I took that as a, just a really con- traditional kind of conservative camp, put yeah, the message out. I tell you what, you, you did, you did extremely well. I mean, I mean, you won the primary by 15 points, absolutely. which was a big, big win for an incumbent. It was. And, and to your credit, you went right on into the general and continued to work. You know, everybody's people always, uh, you know, love to love to spectate and they love to criticize just in general, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, you really you really put your heart into the campaign. I think that was really evident. Uh, you you managed it very very professionally, um, and Mel's just a gem. Yeah, Mel, he, it was great he, to get to know him. He, guy. He, we had so many great. We were putting these signs up and the big four by eight signs. We were on this this fence by Elmore, and he wanted to get it really high, and and it was like a marshy swamp, and he had this <laughs> ladder, and he's like, I'm like, let me go up there. He's all go up there, and I'm holding the ladder. He's leaning against this metal kind of chain fence and it's, he's 10 feet off the ground and it's in a marshy. I'm thinking this guy's 75, he's going to fall. You know, it's just, we had all these crazy stories. I wish I had a camera, you two. I just could never imagine, you know, I I think I drove up to go door knocking one time and you guys were there, but I could never imagine the two of you working together. Oh, we were together. Uh, I always wanted to to see. We had the one thing where there was that, there was some event at um, governor Sheffield's house for Don Young and I had stopped by to check it out because it's always a good party over there. Oh, that's and, right. And I was I was leaving, and um, that that Suzanne Downing woman I just can't stand her. She was in front of me. No, she was behind me, and I was like, I gotta get the fuck away from her. So I start walking to get get away from her because I don't want to see her. And I'm walking up the road, and you're in front of me, and I go shit. So I'm like trapped because I don't want to go like deal. I don't want to see you because it's in the middle of the campaign. And then I didn't want to be around her, so I'm like trying to maintain. And then as soon as I got to another road, I just took a fucking turn right hard and got away and got in my car and drove off. But Did you? Wasn't there something in the bathroom there? Or oh something? well, yeah. So I went to go to the bathroom, and this guy has this door made of gold knob, and I turned it, and the whole fucking knob came off, like fell apart. It's very heavy. It must have weighed thirty pounds. I think it probably cost hundred bucks. And somebody, so I put it back on there, and I couldn't find Sheffield, and. And then I just kind of put it back on as best as I could. And then somebody else went in there and the way I put it on, it jammed and they were locked in the bathroom. So then I I hear like banging. So I go, I like pull it off again and I'm holding this like very heavy, expensive doorknob. And I, I'm like trying to find governor Sheffield. And I said, Hey, I'm really sorry. I I don't know. I turned it and the, the whole thing came apart. And he's like, oh, it's, we were having problems with it. And and then people were like (laughs) standing at the door and like spotting people. So nobody would go in. Because the door handle, yeah, it was really bizarre. I had to get out of there. It was, I was pretty flustered. <laughs> yeah, and that's usually a good, you know, I love Congressman. Yeah, I think that was a taste of Alaska. That was Congressman Young's event. Yeah, yeah, it was a great. I try man. to go every year. That's a good group of folks, and Congressman Young's just amazing. And I saw you in there, and I go, shit, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be seen with him. I don't want to be around yeah, him. Yeah, it is the I eat, you know, because perception is reality. So even if we're in the same room, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was really bizarre at times to. Yeah. Going back to the speculation, so you, like, we kept going for the general. You know, a lot of people speculated that I was trying to beat Cherie so so the Democrat would win, right? Which is couldn't be further from the truth. And the and the truth is, your district, um, surprising to some people, Dun- Mike Dunleavy and Don Young lost in District Twenty Five. They did, which shocked me because and know, it wasn't Don a small Young- amount. It was actually a you know pretty 
couple well, hundred, couple was, hundred votes. You on know, each. I think 150 votes. And it was Don Young and and uh, and Mike Dunleavy. I forget right around. But I mean, if I, I think right if around there, it's it's impossible to argue if if Sharice would have won. She lost by she beat him by seventy three votes two years ago. She, she would have for sure lost. So so that's kind of that that's was the final. You're, you're, you're welcome, Republicans. You're welcome, Republicans. <laughs> well, well, right, and and that was kind of the final um, the the final deal for me. The factor in in jumping into the race was that I really believed uh, it wasn't a personal thing against Sharice as much as it was that I really believed that we were going to lose the general here. Um, and I thought that I had a good chance of winning it with a good campaign, was, and we proved that. It was funny. So many Democrats were like, when we got, got the group going, they were like, my Democratic friends, they were like, fuck yeah, like, yes, like, you had to do it, you know, like, that's <laughs> awesome. And then as soon as uh, you won the primary, and I decided to keep going for the general, they were like, what are you doing? What are you, like, what's going on? What, yeah, yeah. Like, stay out of it, you know, because they, they didn't want, they wanted her to lose a primary, and they wanted Higgins to win the general. Yeah. You know, they yeah. didn't want you to win. Well, look, and I truly believe, you know, I, I, Pat Higgins is a decent guy and, and he, the, you know, the Higgins, they run the, the community council. They, they're real involved with a lot of things. And I, I just believe that I'll be a, a, a better legislator for several reasons. I think, you know, I, I really look at macroeconomics. I'm not sure, you know, and I, not to go in, I, I don't mean that in a, in a, in a conceited way or anything, but. But I truly believe that. Otherwise, big, I wouldn't have ran if big, I thought he was going to be. You're a big, big picture guy. I'm a big picture guy. <laughs> I love, 30, I love that. feet. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, we um, need, and we need to. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a grim situation fiscally. Yeah, I know with the price of oil, it's not looking uh, hot. Yeah. So, so the you campaign went along for the general. You obviously got probably a lot of support from folks who weren't very supportive before the primary, I assume. That's kind of how that works, right? Yeah, you know, I I find that very few folks were dishonest. I mean, people were pretty straight up. Like, you know, if you win the primary, then we'll support you. But until then, mm-hmm. good luck, buddy. You know, and then come, um, the, the, and then they did, and and pretty much everybody that said that followed through. And, and things were things were looking things were. I mean, there was some polling I, I didn't see, but I heard about one that a month out it was showed it pretty close. You know, it's hard to poll a house district, but there was a poll I kind of going around. They were saying, oh, it's within a few points or one point or something with a margin. And I got really ner- yeah, nervous. Well, well, and that was before we even started campaigning in the general. So that was like right after the primary. Mm-hmm. So and then um, there was that really nasty atta- like last minute attack mailer, which I thought was just really horrible. Yeah. Uh, well, that- you know, my favorite part is our response to that. You know, our, our response to that. I knew it was coming. Um, cause yeah, it's the, just, it's the music just, video. Yeah. yeah the, the, the cowbell video. So we wanted to do something positive. We wanted to, uh, we wanted to do something that would, would change the focus off of, uh, negativity and, and everybody's hearing nothing but negativity and criticism in the campaign to something a little bit, um, more fun. And so, and, and it definitely worked. It went viral. We got like 30,000 views and. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah, if, you guys, if you guys haven't seen it, it's a, it's a knockoff of the. SNL skit with a blue oyster cult and the cowbell. Yeah, it was needs more needs more cowbell. You know, and you're going to right. all the different people who are who are hitting the cowbell. All these yeah, and we had Tuckerman out there hitting the cowbell. Yeah, it was, it was all a good, kinds of folks in was, the community. It was a good video. So yeah, so the general came along. You won by, I think it was five points, right? I think so. I had three hundred and some votes, which which was uh, and it was pretty a, a so lot better than you knew early because I think you guys 
somebody had uh, sent Chris Birch, I was the election central, a, a copy of one of the tapes. But the early, early results were early votes. And right. it showed you way down. Right. So and everybody it, was like freaking out. Yeah, it was funny because so I, I don't know why folks wouldn't do this, but I but I had poll watchers so that because I want to know, you know, and A, I want to see what's going on in the polling location, and B, I want to know what the result is right away so that I can plan accordingly. Um because I, I would have called and conceded, you know, in either election had I lost. Um so I want to kind of know what did Therese call you? No, I never got any phone oh, calls wow. from any of them. Weak. But I uh, did Higgins call you? No, no, I never got any phone calls from everybody. I, I lost. I called. When I lost twice. I called him. Yeah, yeah. Not to concede, just to say, hey, you know, you got me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when and we were sine waving. You know, we were sine waving the last day before the election, and and uh, Higgins actually said, yeah, you know, we got Sharice working with us and we're, we're pretty I, confident we're going to win. So I heard that. I heard and, she was going, helping him or quietly going around. Oh, I don't know if it was true or not. That's what I, mean, I heard. That's what he said. So yeah, I heard there were some comments about, oh, Revac can't win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. All I know How is that what he out? said there and, 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 you know, and what he said there and he was pretty confident. And then there was that, that, that recording that came out of him saying some pretty bad stuff about you and your family and yeah, so, that was bizarre. It was, wasn't a, weird, it? It was a weird that it last week, really two bizarre. weeks of that cam- campaign kind of got a little bit intense. It was a little loose. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we should make somebody the loose unit there. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. So you, you're going to Juno here in a few weeks. I'm seeing you're packing up here. Looks like you're heading out for three or four months at least. Yeah, well, we'll see. and some of this stuff is our Christmas stuff that we're packing away. We're we, well, we decorate a lot at Christmas, but yeah, I am packing up my stuff to go to Juno. I got some fixtures and stuff for the office and some, you know, I, gosh, this is, maybe you can uh, hang a picture of me up with like a big thumbs up, you know? Yeah. Well, you're going to be there. I'm coming down for the swearing in. I'm honored to have um, you there at the swearing in. With I'm coming in of, for that, but also, uh, I'm not sure how much you want to talk about this, but I want to see what happens in the house. Yeah. Because yeah, I know um, you do. That could be interesting. So they just announced today that LeBon won the, uh, the court ruled against Catherine Dodge. So he he won District One, which gives you guys twenty. The other group has nineteen. Democrats plus twenty. Louise. Are you counting Gary or is he? No. So twenty yeah. plus nineteen. That plus group one. is Democrats plus Luis and Gabriel, and then Gary's kind of in his own mm-hmm. island. So I mean, what do you? I know you're new. You've never been in there, but. Do you have a sense for what's going to happen? Or? Well, I think we'll have a Republican majority. I mean, we, we do have a Republican majority. If if the Republicans caucus with the Republican Party, that's the question. But, you know, Stutes and Ledoux and I think maybe and they're a little folks bit are a little bit mad about some yeah, well, stuff they that are, happened. And that was all. I don't know much about some of those interactions were long before I, you know. Well, even Lance I, Pruitt re- a few weeks ago or a month ago said that we don't want her. I don't think. Um, at a, at when a, did he, where did he say that? Uh, Miners of the Miners event. Oh, did he? Yeah, uh, he said she's being investigated by the FBI or something, and people were kind of looking around like, "What?" Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. You know, that's up to that's up to leadership. You know, I, I think a lot of the freshmen, and I can't speak for them all, but I know that uh, a lot of folks want to play a supporting role. We want to find out who has good intentions is almost the most important thing mm-hmm. in politics. Who who has good intentions for the future of the state? And you, then we want to back them, and we want to have a good team. And I think we have a good team in the, the the Republican caucus. I think we have a lot of folks who are veteran legislators that are looking to help out some of the you some guys of have the a new lot of, folks and a lot of new people too. We Laddie, do. Shaw, Sarah Rasmussen, Sarah Vance, Ben Carpenter. I mean, you guys have at least five. 
maybe more than five. So at least a quarter of the current 20 is new, brand new. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they all bring different, uh, different strengths. So, which is great. Cause everybody is, I mean, Bar Laban has been a long time banker. You know, we have, we have lots of different strengths. Laddie Shaw is, is military public safety. He is a legend. He is a legend. And, and I think he'll be, you know, I'm excited to work I'm, with them. I love that then, guy. He's a, I, uh, did a profile of that race and we talked about, you know, he's a Navy SEAL. My dad was in the Navy 25 years and they talked on the phone and they actually, they were in the Navy at the same time. Oh, wow. And they know all these SEALs that my dad used to know that Laddie served with. Like, Oh, wow. It's crazy. It's a small world, you know? It's a small uh, small military for sure. Well, I want to thank you. We're hitting about 40 minutes here, so we're uh, going a little long. But you're well, an interesting guy. I just guy. got started. We're going to have to. We'll, we'll do, well, maybe we'll do one in Juneau. We absolutely will We can say we're to. with Representative Revac. Right. Maybe maybe we can spectate in real time. Uh, we'll turn the mics on. We'll, on we'll give me... Give me in, give me. I need to see if you folks will give me a press credential. Yeah. Well, hey, I, who's the know, rule? Who's going to be the who's going to be the rules chair? Rules I'll chairs for that. The rules chairs approve that in each body. Yeah. In uh, press credentials for the the initial, I think it had to be both rules. Somebody. Yeah. Both two both rules, rules chairs, chairs have right? to. The House and the Senate rules chair have to uh, approve the the press pass. Right. So um, I'm fifty fifty. <laughs> have you still give me? Have you applied? I applied for one last session. Well, you should apply. They, uh, Kevin never got back to me, and Gabrielle said that if we give you one, we have to give Suzanne Downing one. And I was going to light him up, and then I was like, I kind of understand that. <laughs> well, yeah, of course they would have to. Yeah, I mean, they should, though. They should give those press uh, credentials. Uh, I don't know. She's said some pretty horrible, untrue things. Well, you certainly couldn't give, you know, you can't pick and choose who... <laughs> No, I mean, you can't pick, they can't I mean, pick they and choose. Sh- well, I mean, they sh- it should be open to folks who are doing... I think there's a weird thing about, you know, they've given them to, you know, regular media, ADN, KTU, KT... In the right. past, they haven't given them to non-traditional outlets, so there's a right. question about if they're going to do that or not, but... I mean, I don't care if they do or not, I'm still going to ask questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me to go away. Yeah, well, yeah. you should. The room I mean, is public. I, yeah, maybe you'll end up being not uh, working in press in the legislature, that'd be... You'd maybe be, maybe the Republican. Maybe you gotta make make a make put in a word for me, huh? Yeah. Well, I certainly <laughs> Br- would. Bring me in. I certainly would. I'd have nothing bad to say about uh, my interaction with you on the campaign. That, that would, that that's would for uh, sure. You, that, you know. that would arise some thoughts from a lot of people. I think. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure you'd do just well, fine, Josh. I want to congratulate you again. Um, I'm glad now we can talk because for five months or something or six, whatever it was, six months we couldn't uh, interact with each other. Yeah, it was a bizarre time. Except I saw you at Election Central for the primary, and you came on for a second, and I was just, like, so excited. And then we decided to keep the thing going, so I couldn't, you know, talk to you after that. And then for the general, um, last thing we'll talk about, you came on for the general, and you had won, and you were talking, and right when you started talking, a minute later, Don Young walks in with his group. Oh, yeah. And I, I go, think hey, he did that purposely. I go, Josh, I, I think you're the only, you're the one person that would understand this. Can we get, can we, can we get you out for a second and bump you and then bring in the congressman. You were like, no problem, no problem. And then he was done. You came back on and then Senator Sullivan walked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, man, mate, we got to bump you no, again. No, my two former bosses, I wonder if they didn't see that. And I, I, I couldn't be more honored to get bumped by those two. It was just and so I, perfect. Like, I, bam, told, bam. I told uh, Congressman Young, too. I think I told him there. I said, I, this is great. I feel like CNN. <laughs> that was a fun night, man. That was a good turnout. Epic. He's, we, um, he's we my were, hero for sure. I, I was so pissed off when he was talking the... The Rhonda McBride and some other people came up to like, 
it was our it was our event. You know, we put it on. And yeah, you guys had the did mics, good and they, too. They, they good, started clipping mics on our mic, and they were like in the way, and they were like screwing up. My, and I'm what are you, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm I'm talking like getting away of the camera. Yeah, you know, I said, what are you doing? Like, you get your own mic. Yeah, yeah. But it was a fun night, and uh, anyways, congratulations again. And I know you're heading to Juno. When are you going there? This week or? Yeah, I leave on Sunday, so I'll be down there on the sixth, and we'll start getting. You know, we have some uh, orientation, and we start doing mock mock hearings. And uh, there's a lot of rules. What people don't understand. I mean, it's really hard to grasp. Oh yeah, uh, how the legislature works. You know, it, it it's it's easy to sit back from a distance and criticize it, but I tell you what. It, it's not easy, and the, I think the ones, they made it that way. To, the ones who understand the rules do the best. Do the best, right. There's and all kinds of things you can do with unfortunate, those. Unfortunate, but... Well, congratulations. Uh, good luck in Juno. I'm sure we'll be doing another one of these. And Yeah, I look forward um, to it. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, folks, if you have any ideas for podcasts or want anybody to be on a podcast, uh, let me know, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, Josh. Appreciate Happy it. Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year. Landline.